Hey, this is Russ DeVos, former pastor, church planter, sales rep, and wrestling coach, and serving currently as a men's spiritual and personal productivity coach. And I want to welcome you to The Wrestling Room, a podcast where we open the Bible and tackle head-on the challenging issues that you and I wrestle with every day, always asking and answering the most important question, what does God have to say about this? So join me now as we jump into the scripture. Hey, welcome back to The Wrestling Room. I want to share something that I've been learning recently that has really been impacting to my own life. And I shared this with some guys in a prayer group this morning. And I introduced these thoughts by asking them a question. And this is a simple question I want to ask you. And I want to ask you not to ponder it at length, but give your first kind of gut instinct answer. And that question is simply this. How do you see yourself? How do you view yourself? What is your identity? Because the way we act and behave will always mirror our identity, how, how we see ourselves, our view of ourself. It always dictates our behavior. And so, interestingly enough, most of the men this morning said, we see ourselves, their first instinct was sinners saved by grace. And that is a beautiful, uh, beautiful answer. Uh, because if you are a child of the Lord Jesus, you truly have been saved from your sins by the grace of God, the death of the Lord Jesus. And we are truly sinners who've been saved by the good grace of the Lord Jesus. But I challenge the guys to ratchet up their view a few notches. Build on that foundation of salvation as sinners saved by grace, but ratchet their view up. And I challenged them with this identity. And it comes out of the book of Exodus, chapter 19 and verse 6. This is God speaking to Moses. The context is the children of Israel have just come out of Egypt. 400 years of slavery. And they have a slave mindset, a slave mentality. And God is speaking to Moses the way he sees them, what he is calling them to be. And it is powerful. It is truly awesome what God is calling these just previously ex-slaves to be and to see themselves as. And he's calling us to see ourselves the same way. So here it is. Exodus 19 verse 6. God is speaking to Moses and he says, and you shall be to me, you being the children of Israel, shall be to me, God is saying, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you, Moses, shall speak to the sons of Israel. In other words, tell them, these ex-slaves whose lives have been beaten down, who have been burdened, and who have been mistreated and enslaved for all these years by the Pharaoh of Egypt, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. You're going to be a holy nation. That is what I have chosen you for. Brothers and sisters, that same word was spoken again by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, speaking to you and me. He said this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I want to elaborate on this one phrase, kingdom of priests. First of all, what is a kingdom? 
According to Webster's, a kingdom is an organized community led by a king or queen. Of course, that's the simple definition, but it goes on to say an area or sphere in which one holds preeminent sway, preeminent power, preeminent position. And friends, I want to just remind you again, we are servants of King Jesus. We are part of a kingdom led by one, one man, King Jesus. Never forget that. The way that I remind myself of that is every morning, open palms, King Jesus. This is Russ reporting for duty. I pledge my love, my loyalty, my allegiance to you today, my King. What would you have me do? And start my day by presenting myself to the King, the one who has preeminent position. And my, ads, my question to you is, Jesus is on the throne right now at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to rule on this earth probably sooner than we would even dare to believe. But is he on the throne of your heart? Is he in the preeminent position in your heart? We have been called to be a kingdom of priests. And a kingdom has one in preeminent position, and that is Jesus. And if you're in the preeminent position or anything else, the Bible calls it an idol and demands that you get rid of it and put Jesus in his rightful place. So we are part, brothers and sisters, of a kingdom, but we're part of a kingdom of priests. Priests. Now, what is a priest? What does a priest do? Two prominent activities of a priest. Number one, a priest goes into God and talks to God about the people. He re represents the people to God. But then when he comes out of talking with God about the people, he talks to the people about God. He represents God to the people. So he has two movements, inward to God then outward to the people. That is what a priest does. And we see this typified and exemplified and illustrated so beautifully in the life of the Lord Jesus. If you want to go to Mark chapter 1, this is one of my favorite places in all of the Bible, one of my favorite pictures of Jesus. The, the, the context is that he is beginning his ministry and he's healing and preaching and teaching and casting out demons. And in this particular event, the people started coming to him after dark. And it says the whole city was at his doorstep and he began to heal those who were ill and cast out demons. Mark chapter one, verse 34. And likely Jesus was up until all hours of the night. Likely he went to bed very, very late and was probably exhausted from all the ministry he was doing. I'm going to tell you, if you've never been involved in hardcore ministry to people, I would rather dig a trench than do that when it comes to energy output. One hour of preaching, one hour of praying is more exhausting than eight hours of manual labor, friends. If you're really doing the work, it is exhausting. And Jesus was doing it till late into the night, ministering to people, 
confronting demons. But what does it say in verse 35? It says, and in the early morning while it was still dark, he arose, he got out of bed, he threw off the covers and he went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. What was he doing? He was acting as a priest. He went, in this case, out to God to the Father, and he was speaking with the Father. Lord, what are my marching? Father, what are my marching orders for the day? What are you going to be doing today? I want to cooperate with your plan, your agenda. And he, the Bible says Jesus intercedes for us. He prays for us. And so likely he was praying to the Father for those he had ministered to the night before and for those he would minister to that day. And so Jesus, as the grand example of the great high priest, went out to the Father, spent that time in the lonely wilderness place with the Father on behalf of the people. But then what did he do? He came out of that place and he went to the people and began to represent God to them in that order. That is what a priest does. Friends, and it is that order that is vitally important. I want to read a quote from Adrian Rogers, who was maybe one of the mightiest preachers and pastors of the last 200 years. He pastored a church of 30,000 people in Memphis, Tennessee, Bellevue Baptist. He is currently my mentor through his YouTube preaching and through his books. I'm reading his biography right now. And when asked about success in ministry, and success in life, here's what he said. And as I read this quote, I want you to filter it through your own life. Think about your own ministry to your family, to your neighbors, to your co-workers. And, and, and let this quote speak to you in your sphere. He said this, For me, prayer is the secret to fruitfulness in ministry. I would say that my life does not so much consist of long prayers, but rather of much praying. I find myself constantly praying for people. Then he goes on to say, the most valuable contribution a man can make is not when he is before his people talking about God, but when he is before God talking about his people. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know if you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you're a husband, if you're a dad, if you're a boss, if you're whatever the case may be, God has put people in your life. You have your people, your sphere. Those are your people. They have been entrusted by God to you. You are the priest in that environment. And many of you are looking at me probably like a cow at a new gate thinking, a priest? Nobody's ever told me that. You are a priest if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus. And the order is vital. Friends, listen. We go in to God on behalf of our people. And when we go in and spend time with Jesus, talking to the Father, being filled with the Holy Spirit, interceding, bringing our requests, talking to God about our people, we are changed. The power, the presence, the personality, the mind, the agenda, the game plan of God is planted in us. We're transformed. The life of God is poured into us. 
Then we walk out of that lonely wilderness place, that quiet place, that place where we get alone with God, and we walk back into the battle, back onto the battlefield, and we bring the presence of God to our people. Much of the time, it's through our example. It's through our dispositions. It's through the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, self-control, long-suffering. But it's also through our words. We share who God is with people. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. This is our role, our job. It says this, Paul is talking. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is, an, is another facet of being a priest. We are a representative of another world, another universe, so to speak, in this world. We are not of this world. We're pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're passing through. This is not our home. We are representing another country. And Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ. And friends, listen, when we go into that, that quiet place and we get alone with God, it, it reminds us, this is not our home. This is not where we where we put down our roots. Our home is in heaven. Our roots are in heaven. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Our future is in heaven. This is just passing through. Where This is passing on. It's passing away. This world is dead and is dying. And when we go into that quiet place, we're reminded of that. We're reminded that we are representing another country. And when we come out, it says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us. What does that mean? That we are just the bullhorns for the voice of God. We are the bullhorns for the heart of God. We are the, the, the culvert, the pipeline for the heart, the mind, the love, the grace, the message, the warning to repent that comes from God. And he goes on to say, we this is the message of God that he speaks through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we come out of the place where we are bringing the people before God. Then we go out of the presence of God and we bring the message of God to the people. And what is the message? Be reconciled to God. Repent of your sin. Give your heart completely to him. Because <laughs> there is a king who reigns over a kingdom, who's coming back to take his rightful throne over the earth. He will reign in Jerusalem for 1,000 years. And we will reign and rule with him. And those who have given their hearts to him, that will be a grand and glorious time. Those who haven't, be a time of darkness and despair. So brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you to see yourself the way God sees you. You are a kingdom. You are part of a kingdom of priests. You are a priest or a priestess. You're part of a holy nation. This world is not your home. We go into God on behalf of the people. Then we come out of that quiet place filled with God and we go to the people and we bring the life and love of the Lord Jesus to them. That is the movement into God out to the people, into God, out to the people, into God, out to the people. I hope this challenges you. I hope this 
convicts you if need be. I hope it encourages you if you're living this way already. But this is who we are. We are definitely sinners saved by grace. But friends, we are priests of a grand kingdom with an incredible king. All right, that's all I've got for you for this, this edition of The Wrestling Room. We'll see you next time. God bless you guys. Hi friends, Russ here again, and I wanted to let you know that Catalyst Ministries and The Wrestling Room is a registered 501c3 nonprofit. So if you'd like to support this ministry, you are welcome to click on the link just below in the comments section, or you can go to my YouTube homepage, The Wrestling Room, and click on the button, Support This Ministry. Thank you so much, and God bless you guys. Thanks for joining me this week in the wrestling room. If you were blessed and challenged by this teaching, please support us by sharing with family and friends and leaving a rating and review. That would be so helpful. Also make sure to visit my website, The Catalyst at www.catalystcoachinghq.com to learn about my program for men called Foundations 101. I am literally watching men's spiritual lives personalize their marriages and families completely turn around as they go through this program. I'd love for you to check it out. That was www.catalystcoachinghq.com. Finally, if you'd like to watch these messages in video, you can check out my YouTube channel by entering The Wrestling Room in the YouTube search bar. Again, thanks so much for joining me today in The Wrestling Room. We'll see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.